Mary Steen, and you are listening to Side Grace, a place and a space that was created for all things mental health, all discussions and conversations surrounded around mental health. We also approach mental health with a side of grace, aka why I called it Side Grace. I share intimate stories about the things that I'm going through in my growth journey throughout this year and years prior in hopes that it increases insight for you on your own mental health. So thank you for joining me today here in this safe space and I hope you approach everything with a side of grace. We are going to start the podcast right now. Hello everyone. You are listening to Side Grace and I'm so happy that you came here today to listen to my podcast. So I really was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about this week and I looked back on my overall week, my overall month. I'm like, hmm, what has been really just precedent in my face that I think I really want to talk about? And again, my podcast, I like to be vulnerable and talk about some of the things that I'm experiencing. So one, you can understand that I go through a lot of hardships just like anyone else, as well as I want us to really open and expand our insight in order for us to live the best life possible, whatever that deemed a happy life is for you, right? So that's overall my goal every single time. So as I was thinking this week and turning and really trying to understand what I was going to talk about this week. These past two weeks has been just really stressful overall. So many things have been happening. So many different things. And I just, uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind of the past two weeks. I have finals coming up. So that has been just, it's probably the hardest one I've had to date. Um, They're all papers, but they're just very long, extensive, drawn-out assignments that I don't really think is necessary, but that's a whole other discussion. However, that has really taken a toll on me. And if you also follow me on my Instagram page, Side Grace, I talked about how last week I had a really stressful week because I was pretty much reliving a lot of things in the earlier times of my grief and bereavement right so it's been a really just tough two weeks overall and digesting all of that so again going back and thinking about okay what has the last week been like what was the last two weeks how has the month been I think I really became inspired by a discussion that I had with my mom the other day in this week's episode is going to be called Dear Mom. Now, you're probably thinking, okay, well, what what about Dear Mom? And I understand not everyone who's listening today might experience the same things I've experienced in my relationship with my mother. Maybe you experienced something similar, though, with your father or maybe any parental figures you've ever had relationships, whatever the case may be. So take my experience with my mom and see if you can apply in other areas of your life. But I do want to talk about my experience with my mom. 
So this week's episode is going to be a very personal one. A little bit of education as well that's going to go along with it. However, I think it's really important that just like anything, journaling and all that stuff, I do love to share what's going on for me internally, physically, so on and so forth. So this is really important that I get to do that with all of you. So like I said, this episode is called Dear Mom. Now, I'm going to talk about a little bit about my history with my mom, how our relationship looked like in the past, and how it looks like today, and what I'm going to do in the future. How am I, what's going to happen in the future between me and my mom's relationship. Now, talking about the past, I am the youngest out of three of my siblings. So it's my brother, my sister, and then there is me. Okay. That's just a little bit of backstory. My mom is personally a very old school um, Jamaican mother. Hardworking, dedicated, family oriented. Yeah, she is a hardworking woman. So fast forward, my mom comes here to the United States in her 20s and she meets my dad and then she starts a family. Again, not easy. It wasn't as easy as I'm making it sound. They worked really, really, really hard for what they have. And I am so grateful for the things that I've been provided through my mom and dad's really hard work. It does not go unnoticed and that's something I really want to state. So even talking about this becomes very uncomfortable and I'm starting to feel myself become uncomfortable because we are raised in a family that really says, you know, what happens in a household stays in the household. Um, There's guilt around really talking about your experiences with your family members. You know, you might feel really guilty about talking about your parental figure in this way and there's there's a hint of that guilt and this uncomfortability uncomfortability of doing this so I'm going to navigate through this as best as I can but I'm also going to let you know that like I'm I'm also feeling uncomfortable but this is something I really want to talk about so like I said I'm the youngest of three my sister had passed away before I was born So that really impacted my mom. My mom is a very strict mother. Okay, so what I mean by that, my earlier years, I've just always wrote off my mom's behaviors as just being really strict. That's all I did. I was like, no, she's just a really strict mom, right? I'm glad that I now understand exactly where my mom is coming from. So, I lose my sister, and then I'm born. My mom, from what I've heard and stories that I've heard, really, like, walked on super, super sharp, like, eggshells. Like, she, I was, like, this, like, very guarded one. Right, I was super protected, especially after losing a child. 
So I completely understand that fear. So I grew up with my mom and I grew up with my mom a lot. My dad, you know, he worked and he wasn't really home because he was working so much. And I grew up with my mom a hundred percent every single day. I saw my mom and thinking back on it when I was really young. So I just remember I had a really great connection with my mom, right? What child like doesn't want that? I remember my mom would bring me to McDonald's and we would eat like, you know, after kindergarten, she'd play jacks with me or jump rope. She's like, yeah, my mom was like my friend. And I loved my mommy during that time period. I loved her. So everything was pretty much great dandy. Like I just remember having such a great relationship with my mom at that age. So between the ages of four to 10, I had a great relationship with my mom. And I love my mom a lot. I still love my mom. But I just remember having such a great relationship with her at that point in time. Now, around the ages of 11 till present day, that is when I realized things weren't normal. And what I mean by that is you aren't aware of things that are abnormal if you haven't experienced other things. So around the age of 11, I start, you know, I'm seeing other kids interact with their parents. I'm going to play dates a little bit more. I'm seeing that things aren't quite the same as my family home with my mom. And I was like, that's interesting, right? Those were just little things that I started to notice. So nothing that really stuck, nothing that stood out to me super hard, but it was there. So around 11, I got my first period. And this is something I just, it's stuck in my core memory with my mom. And I just remember her, when I got my period, telling me, and I mentioned this in a previous episode, I just remember her telling me, don't be friends with boys. You don't want to get pregnant, that, that, and the third. Very surface level, superficial. There was nothing deeper than that. And I felt very disconnected from my mom. And I remember even when she had that conversation with me, I began to challenge her on that. And I said, well, why can't I be friends with guys? She's like, well, you're having your period now. I'm like, well what does that mean? Why couldn't I be friends with guys? Well, Aaliyah, and it was a back and forth kind of response. You don't want to get pregnant. Don't don't be friends with boys. Okay, mom. Sure. And that's pretty much where it ended. And from there, I just remember things pretty much going downhill. And why I say that is I started to grow very curious about the rules, things that were being saying. I started to be curious and then I started to challenge them quite often. So I asked a lot of whys, why not? I started to do things that really she didn't like. 
For example, around the ages of 11 to 13, my mom really wanted to still dress me the way she wanted to dress me. So she wanted to be able to pick up my clothes, do my hair, so on and so forth. And I challenged that a lot. I would try to wear what I wanted and I remember I would be met with a lot of backlash. Um, if I didn't like my hair a certain way, I was met back with, well, it's not your choice. There was no autonomy that I was really given at that age to explore, especially during that preteen age. I think it's really crucial for a child to explore that area, to really just e express and taste different things. Yeah, I was not given that opportunity, but I challenged it a lot. I would put on the outfit she told me not to wear. I would pack the outfit in my bag, go to school, and change into the outfit I actually wanted to wear. I didn't care. And I just remember having to sneak around a lot with my mom. And again, I still wrote it off as like, my mom's just strict. She's strict. That's it. You know, that's the only reason. But, you know, I really like to do the things that I wanted to do. I had to kind of hide it. And one of the things was clothes. You know, I wanted to dress the way I wanted to dress. And for the most part, she did try to support it a little bit. You know, I did go through a phase where I was wearing like a lot of black. So she did support that era. But again, still like challenging me a little bit. But I really wanted to express myself in that way so it took a lot for me to get there so now moving into the age group of like 13 to 18 again this is where a noticeable shift occurs even more 13 to 18 i am now really honing in on my independence as a young a, a young girl I, my personality and who I am is very independent. I didn't do a lot with my mom growing up after that significant age group between four to 10, I think I said. After that age group, I really wasn't doing a lot with my mom. Um, it started to dwindle over the years, right? So I didn't do a lot with her. I spent a lot more time by myself or with my brother. And my mom really kind of backed off on the connecting piece, but she did provide with, you know, the food, making sure I ate dinner every single day. Money was in my lunch account. You know, I was clothed. I was cleaned. I was, I had a roof over my head. She provide those necessities and I'm grateful for that. But I pause because you're going to see some things that really were questionable in a sense, right? For me, at least. So just remember that she did provide, and still does, provide me so much. I'm so grateful for that every single day. But that connection piece is what I was missing after I was hitting certain age levels. And that's what's really important. As your child is developing, you want to continue connecting with them in the ways that they want to be connected with. So as I got into the age group of 13 and 18, I am now really exploring my independence. I am 
going for it. I want to wear what I want to wear. I'm starting to want to hang out with friends more. I'm on the soccer team, the track team. I'm in clubs. I'm making so many friends and very sociable. And this time period was absolutely the most stressful, especially during the time between freshman year in high school and senior year. So between that four year period, I grew to hate my mom a lot. This is when I really started to pick up that something was not normal, quote unquote, because I do believe that we no one can really decide what is or is not normal, but things weren't adding up the way it add up in other households. So around that 14, 18 age group, my mom and I fought so much. Every single day we were fighting. I was in tears. I didn't feel heard. I hated being there. I loved being at school. I don't know if there was a day that I went on the bus not crying because of the fight that me and my mom would get into. We'd go to the mall, we'd get into a fight. We'd get in the car, we'd get into a fight, an argument. Back every single situation, almost every situation I had with my mom, we got into a fight. I even remember my senior, I think it was, it wasn't my senior night, but it was a important track and field meet. And my mom had said something before I had left and we got into an argument. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to go anymore. I'm like, okay, I guess don't come. But she ended up coming. We got into a further fight. And I remember she, I cried. I reacted and I cried because my mom has this look on her face and she makes you feel really guilty, makes you feel really bad and somehow really turns the table on you. And she's able to manipulate the situation very well. So I just remember being just so upset every single day my high school years. And it makes me sad because I didn't want to go home. I hung out a lot with my friends as much as I could. But again, she was very like controlling in a sense. So there'd be times that I got invited to sleepovers and I would bring it up to my parents my dad would say yes, but my mom would always try to say no, no matter what. It was always met with a, no, why can't you just stay home? Right? My mom likes the ability to see me so she knows that I'm safe. And that's connecting back from losing Gabriella, my sister. But she likes the idea that she can see me. I'm in her eyesight. There's that level of control if I'm at home. I didn't want to be home and so my dad would say yes my mom would say no and I would st like I would have to advocate for myself so a lot of times those ended up in arguments because I had to advocate for myself to go and my dad would be like listen you want me to drop you off I'm going to drop you off however a sense of guilt would come over because I knew the moment that I got out of that car, I know the moment my dad said yes, my mom was going to make hell 
my mom was going to like my dad was pro- my mom was probably going to give my dad the silent treatment my mom was going to say you know this is why she's spoiled my mom was going to tell him you this is why she is the way she is my mom would go down that line of blaming my dad for allowing me to go and I know that this would cause an argument which at 15 14 16 17 18 I felt super guilty I still kept asking I still advocated for myself but I felt so guilty even asking because I felt bad that my dad would have to go through that and that put such a huge role on me because I I felt responsible for that fight and even before a part of me going back and looking back I felt very parentified so parentification is basically when a child is made into being a parent at a young age they're not able to actually be a child and enjoy being a child because the adults maybe not have said like here's your responsibility but responsibilities of an adult figure fell onto that child and not that my mom made me do adult things however she made me feel like I was her sole happiness right like if I did something wrong like it would impact her if I didn't feel well I wasn't even worried about myself I'd be worried about how she reacted so there was a part of that parentification there as well and still is there and you're gonna see what I mean by that so in high school years that was really difficult for me we got into so many fights I even remember for prom I went my junior prom and she didn't agree with me going to my junior prom it was a junior and senior prom but she thought no you don't need to go to prom it's just for seniors I said no I'm gonna I'm gonna go to prom for sure I went against her wishes like I always did (laughs) I always did and I was like I'm gonna go to prom and she's like no you're not I was like yeah I am I'm gonna go and she said well if you're gonna go I'm not buying your dress I'm not helping you you and your father can do that And I just remember feeling let down. I felt very let down by my mom. Like, what do you mean you didn't want to help your daughter with junior prom? So she didn't help me. My dad did. My dad took me to my dress appointments. He put down the down payments. He paid it off. Um, the only thing she ended up helping me a week before prom was just get shoes but my dad did pretty much everything for me and that's why I am really close with my dad till this day despite some things I am very close with him because at the end of the day I know I can look at my dad and he was going to help me despite the backlash he was going to face from my mom And I just felt really disappointed that my mom wasn't going to help me for prom. But she helped me for my senior. So 
And then moving into my senior year, senior year wasn't bad, um, but I do remember, actually no, senior year was bad, I'm not going to lie, now that I remember this, senior year was pretty hard, and here is why. Senior year is the time when you're trying to figure out where you're going to go for college, all that type of stuff, right? And I remember having overheard my mom had conversations with people, family members, and you know, people be asking like, oh, where is Lily going to go to college? And I just remember feeling so mad at her response and so irritated that she felt like she had so much control over me. No one has that much control over me. So the fact that she felt like she owned me made me mad every time I heard her reply. And she would say, Aaliyah's not going far. The max is 30 minutes. We're paying for school. The max is 30 minutes. And she would tell people this. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I just remember feeling so upset. So college, finding a college I wanted to go to was so stressful because I didn't want to go home. I didn't want to be home. (laughs) I didn't want to be home with her. And so it was just so stressful. And, you know, again, it's just intense arguments one after the other, me and my mom back and forth, the manipulation, the painting me as the bad guy. I was just like, I'm, I'm getting very frustrated. So around the time of almost nearing my senior prom graduation, it's almost the end of senior year, I am becoming hopeless I feel like I am never going to leave the grips of my mother, ever. I am losing hope that my mom will change. I am losing hope that my mom will just let go off the brakes and stop being so strict. I was just losing so much hope. It seemed so hopeless. So during that time, I had a lot of suicide ideation. I thought so much about a plan. I really just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't. I couldn't bear it anymore. It was so tough in that relationship because I felt this guilt. I felt like I constantly, every single day, had to advocate for myself. I was emotionally just distressed every day, crying from me and her just having conversations and arguments back and forth, not being the daughter she wanted. You know, she loved, 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 loves my brother because my brother really didn't, my brother didn't push back like I pushed back. So she loved the fact that she was able to have that connection with my brother, but she hated that me and her could not get there. So it was just a back and forth battle and I attempted three times my senior year. And I literally attempted, the last attempt that I had was about June 20th. And that was a full attempt where I ended up in the hospital. And I, that was only seven days a week after graduation of high school. And I just couldn't bear it anymore. I literally couldn't. And I know what was best was that we weren't, if like when we're not together, we're great. It's when we're together that it just sucks. So 
I'm going into college years now. In college years, I did track. And a part of me did track because I love track. And another part of me did track because I knew I wouldn't be able to go home on the weekends. Because my mom wanted me to come home on the weekends. I didn't want to go home. So I made sure I did track. Because I did not want to have to deal with my mom day in and day out. I couldn't do it. So I tried my best to stay away as long as I can um, before I had to go back. And mind you, I love, love hanging out with my brother. I love hanging out with my dad and my nephews. Till this day, I love going home for my nephews and my dad. I just don't know what I'm, what's going to happen with me and my mom when I get home. And it's a constant battle when I'm going home. I don't know what's going to happen next. So college years, I spent a lot of time at school, made amazing friends. I learned so much and I still advocated for myself a lot. But I started again to notice how different my relationship with my mom was from a lot of other people, right? I had a lot of people who had similar relationships too. But I started noticing like I couldn't go to my mom for anything besides like the bare minimum like yeah I need groceries I need money stuff like that but I couldn't tell my mom about encounter with boys I couldn't tell my mom about going out I literally lied my mom never knew I went out until this past year she didn't know any of that I had to lie to my mom every single time I was at college because I developed a protective factor. I had to protect myself because I know if I did tell her something like that, I know it was not going to be good. So I did not have that open door policy with my mom. And till this day, it hurts not having that policy because the one thing I always say to my nephews is anything you have to tell me, there is no judgment. Because if they are in a situation where they might be in danger, but they feel like they're going to get in trouble, I want them to be able to call someone so that they're able to feel like, okay, in order for me to get out this unsafe situation, I can call someone without any judgment, right? So for example, drunk driving, right? You're at a party, your friends want to drive home, they've been drinking. Let's say you feel uncomfortable, you don't want to go, but also if you call like a certain someone, they might get really upset and be mad at you and yell at you then you're more likely to put yourself in that dangerous situation and that happened a lot when I was at college and I had to figure out a lot of things by myself but again my mom was still there for necessary things like when I wasn't feeling well when I needed clothes when I needed things um she was there she did help the only time she didn't help was when it didn't align with what she thought should have happened so the last two years of my college career I went into an apartment and she did not agree with this apartment she did not want me to live there she didn't think like it was safe it was safe it was owned by the school but she just didn't want me to go there and I said you know what I'm gonna be a junior I'm gonna go there I need to start having my privacy 
And we talked back and forth. She had conversations with my dad and I signed myself up. And because I signed myself up against her advisement, how she thought I should have done or where I should have lived, she said that she was not going to help me with anything. And that's the, um, the conditioned love dare, right? Hanging things over my head. So if you don't listen to me, I'm not going to help you this time. I'm not going to buy you your stuff because you didn't listen to me. And that's the conditions that I have for you. And that's what happens a lot with me and my mom. So I, that junior year, I had to work a lot and I had to buy everything I had by myself. The only thing she did buy for me was a mattress topper. Otherwise I had to buy everything myself. Uh, and she didn't help me move in. My dad helped me move in and my brother. And that wasn't the first time that has happened. That also happened the following year before. And again, she did not help me. So, yeah, that was college. So 2020 comes around, the pandemic happens and I'm about to graduate. And again, Right around my graduation, actually the day of my graduation or the day before we get into an argument and she basically, we just it did not talk at all. Um, she didn't really care to talk to me on my graduation. She kind of was just like, happy graduation, Leah. And that was it. And I was like, thanks. And I remember just being so sad that day. All I did was cry because I didn't get my graduation and all I really wanted was my mom's comfort because I think as a child, you want your mom's comfort. Even as an adult, you still at times desire your parents' comfort. So I wanted my mom's comfort, but she was not giving that to me. And that was a theme that has happened my whole life where I desired my mom's comfort, but I know I wasn't going to get it. I wasn't going to get it. I would have got it when she felt like she would give it to me when she felt like she wanted to, but I didn't get that unconditional comfort that I needed without judgment or anything. No, that didn't happen. So that was really difficult for me um, that day. And even I think the most significant thing in my adulthood years was When I started powerlifting, my mom disagreed with me powerlifting. Something that I loved to do, and she saw how much I loved to do it, but she would make comments like, you know, your vagina's gonna fall to the floor, something like that. Like she would make just very inappropriate comments about it. She would say I would look like a man, da 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 on the third, and I again, being Aaliyah, did what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And I wanted to powerlift. And my brother wanted me to powerlift. And my dad was, again, a little skeptical just for, like, physical reasons, like, afraid of me getting hurt. But then again, here we go. My dad's stepping up and having to do all these things. And my brother and my first competition, actually, my first three competitions, my mom refused to come. She said, if you're going to powerlift, don't expect me to come. I'm not going to support you. I don't agree with it. So I'm not coming. So a lot of the power, the first three, I did myself. My mom did not come with me. My dad, my brother, 
they came with me but not my mom because there was a condition that I did not follow I did not not power lift because she didn't want me to I continued to power lift and therefore she wasn't going to show support she didn't want to she didn't ask about it she didn't want to know she said that's you your business she eventually came around but it really did hurt me because it really brought me a lot of joy and I saw so many people be supported by their parents and I just wish I received the same so now present day mom and Aaliyah relationship so difficult 2020 when I went to grad school our relationship was actually the best it had ever been I finally felt like I can call her and talk to her about things she was really open and honestly it seemed like the happiest she's ever been and she let loose not like loose pandemic wise but you know she was we bonded a lot during that time and we got to know each other a little bit more and did a lot of things together more because we had to. And I think that was my favorite memory. But once everything happened in twenty, late 2020 to early 2021, by losing my brother, I lost my mom all over again. I completely, I don't, I, I tell people, I said, listen, like I have half of my mom there. My mom will never be the same. I probably will never have the mom that I want to have. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't expect my mom to be anything anymore for me at this point in time because losing my brother was the biggest thing for her. And I get it. But it also, it's hard because, you know, sometimes she makes comments like, I lost the love of my life, referring to my brother. And it's just like, oh, well, I'm here too. That makes me sad. Because I picked up a lot during this time, right? I picked up a lot with the boys. Again, I was put into this parentified role. I, I picked up a lot for her. I allowed her to be whatever she needed to be at that time and I comforted her. I never got comforted by my mom. My mom never checked on me. My mom still doesn't check up on me about it. Um, she never really thinks about how it impacts me or anyone else to be honest except the boys. She does think about the boys. The only person like in my immediate unit is my dad and my dad again is one of my biggest supports and I, I literally texted him today I said I feel anxious and he'll talk me through it and I just can't express how grateful I am for my dad we get into a lot of we get into it sometimes me and my dad don't get me wrong we butt heads but I love my dad and I just love that I'm able to text him and he's there for me <laughs> because he knows how frustrating it is for me and I know what she says about me I know you know she thinks that I just don't listen to her that I don't care about her and it's not that I don't care about her it's just two things she makes everything about her and she doesn't realize that I'm going to make decisions for me 
And Gary was going to make decisions for him. And everyone's going to make decisions for themselves. I don't owe her anything. I didn't I didn't ask to be brought into the world. I don't owe her anything. What I do owe is myself, the life that I want to live. And so why did I travel why did I travel everyone through this story? The reason why I did is because I realized that I wasn't the only person who experienced such a relationship with their mother like this. I started coming across articles about narcissistic mothers. And the moment that I started coming across these articles was the moment that I felt heard, understood, and validated in my experience with my mom. Because I just never quite understood. Even in high school, I asked my parents to please go to family counseling because I just didn't understand why. Why was there such a... There was this incompletion I just was not quite understanding. And when I started seeing narcissistic mothers, it just clicked. It made sense. It finally connected the dots for me and it allowed me to understand where I wanted to go moving forward. And my therapist also helped so much with my mom and I's connection. We solely talked about me and my mom's connection and she allowed me and encouraged me and made me feel confident in myself. And she provided that support and that listening ear in order for me to feel confident enough to create boundaries with my mom and to really live my life without feeling guilty. But again, I started seeing these narcissistic mothers articles and I was like, hmm, what is this about? And my mom had so many of the traits that I was seeing. The conditional love, the manipulation, the making things about her and her only, right? The gaslighting, the control, right? The the favorites. She had a favorite, clearly. I, I always said she had a favorite, but she always said no. I know she loved us both but she loved my brother loves my brother and favorites him because again he listens to her right there's always there's that scapegoat I was a person who didn't listen I was too hard-headed I was spoiled I was a brat like I just you know I don't listen to her at all and so even till this day that's the relationship me and my mom have where even up to Sunday, I had a conversation with her and I said, you know, mom, I just really need a mom who's going to just be there and support me and ask me how I'm doing, how's school. And she looked at me and she said, well, I need a daughter. And I just stood back for a second. I said, you need a daughter. I said, I picked up so much of the slack you left when Gary passed away. And I remember my therapist and her therapist, but my therapist, every single session had to remind me that I am a good daughter because I was made to feel like I wasn't being a good daughter. I was guilted into feeling like I was being a terrible daughter because I wasn't listening to my mom. Her therapist even had to tell her that I'm a good daughter. But so to hear her say, well, I need a daughter, 
that one, that really hurt me because I am a good daughter. I am an amazing daughter. And sometimes I don't even know if she deserves the daughter that I am to her. And so that was just mind-blowing to me that that came out her mouth when all in reality I was just asking for is I just want her to check in on me I would love her to ask like hey how are you doing no that's not how it happens and another sign that I noticed with my mom and why it links so well with the narcissistic mother but also just her trauma growing up like whatever trauma she experienced manifested in travel with her in adulthood so I always say she only knows the best right she only knows what she knows and that might just be all that she knows so for my mom she when she doesn't get her way she revolt she goes back into this very childlike state she becomes very defensive she becomes very temper tantrum like she'll throw a tantrum and say I can't handle this I can't do this and she'll walk away she gets to remove herself from the conversation right she'll throw tantrums she'll she'll be that passive aggressive communicator she will you know she'll avoid you she'll shun you and that's stuff that I've faced so many times with my mom where she will literally just give me the silent treatment because I didn't do something I didn't listen to her or I was being told I was being disrespectful and those things kept has been going on my whole life and so to be able to see that other people experience this was such a relief but was also very disheartening So now I know the relationship I have with my mom. I still don't tell her anything that isn't surface level. I don't really feel like I have a strong connection with my mom. Going home is even hard because I just don't know what I can say something, just anything. I don't even have to say anything. I just don't know what mood she's going to be in. I don't know if she's going to be mad one morning when she makes up, wakes up. One moment she'll wake up and she's really happy. She's like trying to hug me. And then when I don't want to be hugged because she's never really hugs me, she gets really mad because she's like, well, why can't I hug you? And I'm like, well, mom, I, internally for me, I don't feel safe. It feels unsafe because it is just... There's so much inconsistency with my mom. I don't know what I'm going to get next. And I just feel like I have to protect myself all the time around her. Because I just don't know what's going to happen. And that's sad. It's really sad. And so when I go home, it might be good for maybe a couple hours. And then boom. I I expect it every time I go home at this point. So you're probably wondering like, okay, Leah, well, what do you do? Well, first thing is I'm human and I'm a daughter of a mom who has a really hard time 
um, providing me the support that I need as a daughter. I don't like to label people. I don't like to, I really don't like even calling her a narcissistic mom, but she has a lot of narcissistic mother traits. So what do I do? I remind myself that I'm a good daughter. I remind myself that I shouldn't feel guilty for saying no, for not listening to her. I'm working so hard on myself. I try my best to connect with her. I try my best to connect all of us together at one time, but she just doesn't want to connect with people in that way. My mom believes that being a good mom is providing like food, shelter, water, clothes. Like she thinks that's an amazing mom, but I have to keep reminding her like, mom, being a mom is more than that. It's connecting with your child. It's connecting with the people around you, right? Doing things that they're interested in. I was like, you know, me and the boys will have game night one, like when I'm home, we'll either do video games, we'll do cardboard, like the board games. My dad will watch whatever movies they want to watch. Like sometimes we were watching the stupidest kid movies, but that's because it's what they want to do and we want to connect with them. And that makes them feel really good, right? We come down to their level. They're in control. They get to pick they're having fun with an adult and I just I want to make sure that I provide that for my nephews and my dad does a great job too doing that for them and I want to make sure that I provide for them in that way because that's crucial for a child development and even as an adult because as you can see my adult self my inner child still yearns for my mom's comfort I want my mom's comfort Uh, But I also have to come to the realization that I have to accept that this might be all that my mom knows. And that's okay. But what do I do moving forward? How do I protect myself? So when my mom does act in a way that is just inconsistent, I remove myself from the scenario because it's the most safest for me. I find my exit plan. I think about, okay, well, if this happens, what am I going to do? Right? If she's on the phone, she starts to act up, what am I going to do? So I think about my exit plans and I just remind myself that, hey, I can't expect any more from her. You know, sometimes you can, you wish someone would change. That's not always going to happen because that person internally has to see that. And no matter how many times I can paint it for my mom, I'm pretty much going to, it's the, she's going to, you know, self guilt herself. She'll be like, well, I'm a terrible mom. I must be awful. Everyone thinks I'm terrible mom. She turns it back on her. Every situation becomes about her. It takes away, she takes away from my experience. She takes away what I'm feeling. And it becomes all about her again. It's always about her. And it's time to start making it about me. So I take away power from my mom when I don't feed into it. When I don't allow her to... I don't allow her to negate my life anymore. And she still will say like, you just don't listen to me. No, it's not that I don't listen to you, mom. It's just 
I'm an adult and I'm going to make decisions for myself. And it's been such a hard battle getting to that, but I, I really am proud of myself from to getting there. And my therapist and I, we did such great teamwork on finding ways to do that where it's comfortable, but also it's going to be uncomfortable. All of this is uncomfortable. And it's meant to be uncomfortable because change happens in the uncomfortability. And so honoring that, respecting that was really key for me. Setting those boundaries, even though they were so uncomfortable, even though I felt guilty, I had to stick with them because that is where I grew the confidence in doing it over and over and over again. So moving forward in the future, I don't, I have to remind myself and I still have to do this every single day. I have to come to acceptance, not saying that I'm okay with it, but I have to accept that my mom may never be the mom that I hope her to be. And when I do get chances to connect with her, that's great. However, I'm not going to get that all the time. But that's okay because I now am providing the things that I need for myself that I wish my mom gave me. So I'm providing myself that comfort. I'm asking people other than my mom for support, right? And I'm also implementing those things with my nephews and so is my dad. And so I'm just really happy that we're, as a family unit, are growing more aware and we're making those necessary changes. So I just want to say thank you all so much for listening to today's podcast episode. I know it was not the usual format of what I typically do, but I felt like this was the one that was most needed for myself because again, I've been struggling for this past month with my mom and I's relationship and someone else out there might also be struggling with their mom's relationship or maybe even your dad there's a lot of people who are struggling in relationships with their parental figures and so I really wanted to talk about that today because it's something that impacts me but I'm gonna grow through it I'm absolutely gonna grow through it and I'm gonna come out better and I'm gonna learn so many lessons through it So on that note, thank you so much for listening to my podcast episode this week. I am so grateful that you chose to listen. If you are new, thank you so much for joining. And if you're a returner, thank you again for listening this week. You can follow me on the Side Grace Instagram podcast. Okay, so you can follow me there on Instagram. Leave a review. Share this with a friend or a family member who you think that this can help. And again, I just want to thank you all so much for listening this week. I can't wait for you to hear it.